F everyone else and put yourself out. Like, quite literally. Because they'll... Not, not to do a complete 360, but, like, everyone's out for themselves. And it's okay to be nice to people, but on your terms. And not feel like you've got to do this because someone's asked. And you've got to, you know, fulfill this deadline because of X, Y, and Z and whatever. Um, you actually have to put yourself first because if you if you have a mental breakdown or if you are suffering from burnout or if you, you know, you know, the worst, worst kind of things happen to you, then all you'll get is, a, oh God, you should really look after yourself more. Oh God, I'm so sorry or whatever without people realising they're the ones that are contributing to that. Through no fault of their own, obviously, but you have to start putting those boundaries in place and F them, literally. F them all. Welcome to Priorities the podcast about the things in life that really matter. I'm your host, journalist and coach Lily Silverton, and each week, along with a roster of incredible guests, I'll be exploring how priorities inform and transform our lives, sharing mindset tips, strategies, tools, and inspiration to help you prioritise your own life. We'll be covering what we think is important and unimportant, what we'd like to work on a little more, and the moments that changed our priorities and lives forever. I hope you enjoy. My guest today is activist, entrepreneur, and blogger Tinuke Awe. In 2017, Tinuke created Mums and Tea, a platform and community for Black British mothers and mothers to be. Two years later, in 2019, she co founded Five Times More, a UK initiative dedicated to highlighting and changing Black maternal health outcomes. She's been a leading voice in this movement. She's written for Vogue and Grazia, been featured on Channel 4 and ITV lobbied both the UK government and the Met Police, and this year was on the HSBC and BBC Top 25 Black Entrepreneurs to Watch list. More recently, Tanuke identified a diversity gap in educational resources and launched Learning with Ez, named after her son Ezekiel, to provide families with fun and representative learning resources for their young children. She talks a lot in this episode about how to set boundaries, say no to other people's demands, and stop being a people pleaser much to learn here. Welcome to Nuke. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so great to be chatting to you. So how's your day been so far? Are you a routine kind of person? My day has been a little bit scattergun. I have a routine in the morning with the kids. I have a routine to get them out the door. <laughs> um, but sometimes that routine especially since my son started school and I'm starting to do the school run, it falls out the window if the bus doesn't come on time. And we're like running and walking and doing things that are just really annoying. That But that sets me back in terms of dropping my daughter. So yeah, I have a routine. Sometimes it doesn't always go to that. But that goes to plan. And do you feel like relaxed if it doesn't go to plan? Or are you the kind of person that really needs things to be as they are? I think I need things to be as they are because I do get really stressed. I do get really stressed at the prospect of them being late and I just like things my way. (laughs) All right, I'm going to kick off with you with the question, uh, has there been a moment in your life where your priorities have shifted or changed forever? Uh, Well, a moment in my life, yeah, becoming a (laughs) mum. As soon as I gave birth to my son, my whole life changed. That sounds so cliche, but it's so true. I, I would guess more recently, um, in the last year or so, was getting the diagnosis for autism for my son. 
that made me shift my priorities like immediately a bit of context I was working from home uh full-time in so I worked in my background is HR I worked in financial services for um almost nine years maybe ten years and yeah I just I just knew I couldn't do it I knew I couldn't do it I tried for a little bit to take him to his appointments and all his therapy treatments and at the at the time you know my workplace was saying all the right things yeah you can go that's fine just make the time up or just make sure you get all your work done and it's fine you you know um being as flexible as possible and you know it, they were really really helpful but it was it just took its toll on me um having to take big chunks of time out of my day to take him to to wherever he needs to be um and at the time my daughter wasn't at nursery as well so she was working whilst I was working from home I was with my daughter as well so it's like having to literally juggle and struggling with the demands on my time um so yeah I, I quit my job it wasn't an easy decision because of finances but yeah, I feel like that that's something like a huge shift that I've had to do because my son ultimately took priority. Mm. The family took priority. And so what does your day with Ed's look like now? Um, well, he started school not too long ago. Um, he's in reception, bless him. Um, a few days a week we'll have, so I'll drop him in the mornings, obviously pick him up around 3.30. Um, We'll have speech and language sessions or we'll go swimming or we'll go um, trampolining just to help him get his sensory needs in, his sensory top up, if you like. Um, so, yeah, and then we'll come home, get my daughter, cook dinner, do some activities and, yeah, go to bed and do it all again. Do you think there's enough support out there for families with children with additional needs? No. <laughs> Plain and simple, no. No, I don't think there is. I feel like I've had to really do my research to see what's out there to support um, my, me and my family and, and, you know, all the other people that I'm trying to support by sharing my journey as well. It's, it's difficult. It's really, really hard. I mean, parenting is so demanding, full stop. Yeah. And from what I hear from all my friends who have children with additional needs, the level of care that's required on top of that, even just the mental load of keeping appointments in mind and setting them up and dealing with nurseries and people or schools or whatever it is, those various things, adds to it so much. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I, I always say this. Um, It's called additional needs for a reason. You know, it's additional time, it's additional resources, it's additional just the the capacity on your, your mental you know being it's a lot it is a lot for, for the child and for you you know um it's not just a one-sided thing of course they're they're going through it as well so it is yeah it's it's a lot it is a lot how do you support yourself Tanika? I've started therapy recently uh, but I up until that point I let it get to the point where I'm like oh my god I'm about to collapse which is really, really bad because I just kind of, I'll just get on with it. And I don't really support myself. Well, I didn't in the past. Didn't prioritize myself, didn't prioritize self-care. Um, yeah, not, 
I'm not the best person to really speak to about that because I just, I just took it all on and, and, you know, I tried, tried to do it all, but you can't, you can't, it's impossible. What does self-care look like to you now? Um, <laughs> it's taking 20 minutes. <laughs> should I respond to this email or should I go to bed? <laughs> For context, this is exactly what Janika did to me. So instead of sending the questions in advance, she had an app, which uh, I've got to be I'm a wholly supportive of. Wholly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not so many people are as supportive of that when I don't respond back to emails, but I appreciate that. No. Um, but that's crucial. That's setting boundaries. That's setting boundaries and saying, it's all right if someone's a bit annoyed with me because I haven't replied to an email. What's more important is that I take care of myself absolutely that we're so limited in what we can do yeah day to day and we've got to make difficult choices yeah i'm just one person i literally am just one person and i'm doing like a million and one things so what does self-care look like to me um literally just stopping dead in my tracks and just being like you know what you're doing okay like you're you're actually doing okay it's okay to rest and not feel bad about it it's okay to to say no it's okay to have those boundaries like you said and just not feel guilty and just really prioritize myself because I've just not been good at that do you feel like you grew up being allowed to do that no no I'm the first I'm the first born girl in a Nigerian household that's for context that's just that's just never I've never (laughs) been allowed to do that it's a you are you're everything as the firstborn you do everything you take on so much you are expected to do so much you know and um the pressure is a lot and so I've kind of taken that as my persona and over the years I've seen I'm you know just been striving to be this perfect overachieving person who cares about others and does things for others because that's kind of how I was raised looking after my brother looking after my sister looking after my mum um and yeah I've just seen that kind of continue how does it feel now to let go of that perfection and be all right with disappointing people or putting yourself first it feels weird chronic people pleaser ex chronic people pleaser over here so it does feel very weird it does I can't lie to you sometimes I feel myself kind of just wanting to slip back into my old habits and not wanting to upset people and you know just kind of not really saying how I really feel because I just don't want to rock the boat, scared of confrontation. I just want everyone to like me. And now I'm just like, F it. I don't really care. <laughs> don't really care. I'm going to say how I feel. I'm going to not do what I want and, you know, not, not, not be a rebel and whatever, but like you really do put in those boundaries and, and really think about myself first before doing the default, which is care about everyone else, care about everyone else's opinions. I, 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 I matter, essentially. Do you feel like there's any advice you could give to someone who is a current people pleaser on your journey to becoming an ex people pleaser? F them. <laughs> <laughs> F everyone else and put yourself first, like quite literally, because they'll not not to do a complete 360, but like everyone's out for themselves and it's okay to be nice to people but on your terms and not feel like you've got to do this because someone's asked and you've got to you know fulfill this deadline because of x y and z and whatever um you actually have to put yourself first because if you 
if you have a mental breakdown or if you are suffering from burnout or if you, you know, you know, the worst, worst kind of things happen to you, then all you'll get is a, oh God, you should really look after yourself more. Oh God, I'm so sorry or whatever without people realizing they're the ones that are contributing to that. Through no fault of their own, obviously, but you have to start putting those boundaries in place and F them, literally. F them all. That's solid advice. And as you say, the more, I guess, available you are mm. and the more you're looking out for other people, the more they expect you to be that person oh, and the more you become that person and it snowballs. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's exactly. Like, I'm a nice person, so I'll do nice things and then more people come and ask for favours and I can't say no and then it's just like snowball. Yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm not too worried about my reputation at the moment. Yes. I am, but I'm not. Like, I think before it was like, I do things because I don't, you know, I'm worried about preserving my reputation. But um, people will see how they want to see you anyway. Yeah, they come with all their own stuff, right? Yeah. Not much you can do about that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I can't remember where I read it or heard it or whatever, but it's like, I'm not responsible for your view of how you see me. Mm. I can just do what I can. Let's go back to Ez. And you said that your life changed when he had his autism diagnosis. But it also changed to a large extent the moment he was born because you set up mums and tea. Yes. It definitely changed um, when I had my son because I set up mums and tea as a, as a safe space to connect with other black mums. So for context, I live in southeast london in a very quote-unquote urban area <laughs> heavily populated with like black people but whenever i was going to like stay in plays and you know soft plays and children's centers and everything i i i just was one of the only black girl sometimes the only black woman and i was like hold on what is going on here uh yes of course we can connect with other mums because we have that shared sort of experience of, of being a mum and being a first-time mum but by way of culture and by way of background and being able to identify um with someone who's going through what I'm going through as a black British woman who is now a mother that was something I was craving so the more I did the events the more you know popular it became and people were like oh my god this is amazing I've never I've never in my life been in a room full of other black mums like to this extent where we're all just having fun and chilling with our babies and making lifelong friends. Um, so yeah, that that was, you know, it was brilliant. We obviously pivoted during the campaign, um, during the um, pandemic and we're online now, but hopefully I'll be able to bring those events back. But yeah, my life definitely did change when I had Ezekiel because I set up Mums and Tea. And then tell me about five times more. So again, my life did change when I had Ezekiel. <laughs> Because I didn't have um, a very positive experience giving birth to him. And because I was listening to other black mums, you know, in Mums and Tea, first time mums do get together. Oh my God, how was your labour experience? What happened? Like, was it good? How was it? Um, you know, good old mother's meeting. I found that a lot of other black women were just really echoing that really negative experience and poor care and not being listened to and just, you know, left feeling essentially like they, they weren't important. And I just felt like something needed to be done. I really did. I was like, this is, this is awful. When I heard that black women were indeed five times more likely to die, 
I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised because of all the negative experiences and stories I was hearing, you know, through Running Mums and Tea. So, um, yeah, I joined forces with um, my colleague, Chloe. She runs Prosperities, which is a maternal well-being social enterprise for Black and South Asian mothers. And she, at the time, worked in maternity. So I thought, right, with my big mouth and, you know, running Mums and Tea and your expertise in the field, like, let's, like, let's have an event. Let's do an event to raise awareness. That's all it was ever meant to be. It's just like an event, like, hey, five times more, this is really bad. I just wanted to raise awareness so that more people kind of know about it. But we ended up, like, she always says it's a really kind of a good accident. Like, we didn't end up having that event. We actually just built a whole bloody campaign. <laughs> So yeah, um, Firefly came to life in 2019. And talk about what you've done so far. Give you five times more. Oh my goodness, where do I start? Um, we started off with our five times more selfie and our five recommended steps. That was our first ever sort of resource. So just for a bit of context, in 2019, I was pregnant with my daughter, with Eden. And by that point, I was so because of everything I'd experienced and because I was just so sick and tired of hearing five times more and kind of nothing being done about it. Um, it felt like it was like almost scaremongering, you know, like there's five times more, but there's not a target five times more, but what can I do as a pregnant woman, a black pregnant woman to minimize that risk? And so, yeah, we came up with our five five times more selfie to ask people to take the selfie with their hands up in, you know, to with a five to represent five times more, but also five things that they can do in terms of self-advocacy. So um, we launched that in 2019. And then I felt really, like, obviously, I was really heavily pregnant um, by um, 2020, uh, beginning of 2020. We put out a petition. And with that petition, we basically, it wasn't the right time to promote the petition. So we wanted, we knew we wanted a petition. But because everything was kind of getting serious with COVID and then there were lockdowns and everything, we just thought, right, and, and I've, I've you know, about to have a baby. We just thought, right, we'll have the petition there. Obviously, petitions can be open for six months. We'll just leave it and come back to it when the time is right. Then George Floyd got murdered and everyone was rallying around, looking for things to support, you know, and our petition got picked up and it went crazy. We had 187,000 signatures by the end of like two weeks, I believe. And that was the first kind of milestone for five times more because it it meant that, um, Black maternal health was debated in Parliament for the first time ever in its history, even though, you know, this is the, the statistics have been going on for a long time. This is not this is not new information. So for us, that was really that was really important. That was the first kind of big thing that happened. But yeah, since then, we've given a number of um, evidence sessions in Parliament, both oral and written evidence. We've done a number of things training um a lot of health professionals both in southeast london and in birmingham hoping to roll that out you know nationwide we've had we've had our wallets recently so our colorful birth wallets where you know you can hold your maternity notes it's got information about self-advocacy when to see your midwife that kind of thing they've recently been rolled out in southeast london hospitals which is really really good um we've been featured in a number of publications just trying to you know make this mainstream and make sure we're putting pressure um, on on the right people and that it's not, it's top of agenda and it's not something that's here today and gone tomorrow. Um, 
what else? We've had we launched our report um earlier this year, the Black Women's Maternity Experiences Report, first of its kind, which is kind of unfortunate because again, this is not new information. And it's almost like, well, we know what the statistics are, but what are the stories behind some of those statistics? So we wanted to sort of uncover what was going on behind that. And um it's kind of a landmark study. Over one thousand three hundred black women responded and it led to obviously you know, our, our huge report and, we, you know, we've got some new findings and things that, you know, people didn't really know before, um, busting some of those myths about stereotypes, you know, with black women. So people think because you're poor, you're from a lower socioeconomic background or you live in a certain area, that's why this is happening. But our report found that regardless of socioeconomic status and um, if you're degree level educated and, and above, you're still likely to have a poor outcome so yeah we're we have our recommendations we're working on that at the moment with the relevant departments so yeah there's a lot of different moving parts there's a lot of different things that we've done in such a really short amount of time <laughs> and I think what people often forget is it's, it's just it's me and Chloe it's literally just the two of us and we have very young families and we run other businesses as well so yeah it's it's a lot Okay, little break in this episode and I've got a quote for you. Let this be a subtle reminder of the depth and simplicity and the complex but not complicated nature of being. It's kind of natural, right, to overcomplicate things, especially in our modern lives where so much vies for our attention all the time. But just focusing instead on the complexity of being makes everything feel, I guess, more manageable and also beautiful. Maybe it's just semantics or me, but I really like that. The quote is from Heath Way, an Australian artist who I'm clearly a big fan of. I've actually got one of his paintings in my house, and he has a show coming up in London with The Dot Project, a female-founded contemporary art space and also the sponsor for this week's podcast. Heath's show, Come in Good Spirits, opens October 10th in Soho, but the works will also be up on their website and you can check out the rest of their brilliant artists who are mostly emerging on mid-career, so, you know, ones that you can get in on the ground floor with. Have a look. It's www.thedotproject.com and there's details there of Heath's show and the opening for that, so maybe see you there. How does it feel to have gone from running these brilliant groups, Mums and Tea, and getting people together to being the figurehead of a movement um oh god figurehead (laughs) (laughs) um I suppose you know what it it feels that's a good question actually because sometimes you know it feels like god this is heavy you know you're having to relive your trauma all the time and I don't Mm. I mean i Personally, I don't mind because it's kind of like the silver lining to the to the cloud. That like, uh, yes, I'm sharing my experience. Yes, it's negative, and actually, you know, like having to relive that every day. I know it. It, it definitely takes its toll. But in order to get people to listen and to make sure that they know that this is real, that this we're passionate about this because we've actually had our own experiences. Um, and and yeah, to get people, you know, people listen to stories, don't they? They 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 take to to, to people. 
And so having to having to do that, um, I would say has definitely taken its taken its toll and, and we unfortunately because of the work we do, we get a lot of people coming and, you know, sharing a lot of their negative experiences and we wanna help. Um and it's it's is a lot because sometimes people might not understand quite what we do and we wanna help and signpost, but then you've you've taken in you know, someone else's negative experiences and that can have its knock-on effects and things like that. So how does it feel? Um, it feels heavy sometimes, it really does, but the work needs to be done because I don't want, this has been going on for a long time, I don't want my daughter, you know, should she ever choose to give birth, to be campaigning about the same thing one day, you know? Um, so... Yeah, it it feels like it's heavy, but it needs to be done. Hmm. Do you have any processes to let go of that heaviness? I started therapy recently, and that's mm. been very helpful. That's been very helpful. I didn't realize just how much of it I was taking in, mm. and not not fully processing, and how that was having a knock on effect. Um, elsewhere. And with talking therapy, you feel more able to let things go. Absolutely to put them down for a bit yeah well you're doing amazing work <laughs> thank you i think we met at one of the very early events of five times more right at the wing now defunct yeah, yeah. now now totally cancelled the wing now absolutely cancelled <laughs> like, we literally out. nothing to do with them. <laughs> out if anyone's not sure what it, it what it is what it was it was a female private members club female non-binary private members club but um you can look it up and you'll find out why it was cancelled yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about five times more about mums and tea about airs of course what else is a priority for you um what else is a priority i would say sharing my journey of raising my black autistic son that's a huge priority for me because the more I share, the more I realise that parents out there, black parents out there, really struggling. It's already really tough as it is, but sometimes I get people DMing me being like, thank you for sharing that, you know, um, about your son. You've given me so much hope. Um, I don't get support from my family. Or, um, you know, um, I've spoken to some health professionals and... um. I don't believe they're taking me seriously. So your advice to you know, seek a second opinion or that has really helped me. And so that's really important to me to make sure that people, black women, black parents in my community know that they are not alone. It is very, 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 very hard, but it can be done. So yeah, that's, that's something that's of priority to me because yeah, like I said, there's now this sub community of, black black mothers black parents with children with additional needs so that you've got that intersectionality of obviously race and disability um the things like stigma religion you know um all the statistics when it comes to um black sen children and it's really sad and it's really you know it can put the fear of god in anyone so i really um i just feel very strongly about making sure that i'm sharing that um so that other people can get help. Tanika, you seem to always move into a space where you 
empower other people. I think so. Yeah, I do. I blame my mum. <laughs> I blame my mum for being fast born in a Nigerian household. I'm not allowed to be selfish. <laughs> Is your mum good at empowering people? Yeah, I would say she's she's very good at empowering people. She's very good at um she she gives the best pep talks. You know, she gives the best pep talks and she's also just really she's really nice, she's really friendly. Like I just always remember like my mum just always helping her friends out and just being that that person that's always kind of happy and jovial and yeah, I, I definitely take that from her as well as her anger. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like we are lacking that sense of community and supporting our neighbours in our more modern lives? Oh, that's a good question. Yes and no, because I feel like now more than ever, I don't think we've ever been more connected in terms of like social media around just living, you know, in this day and age. Like, look, on Zoom, I guess it would have probably been harder to do this three, three, four years ago before the pandemic. We'd have to like book a studio and meet face to face. And I don't know where you live. You don't know, like, you know, it would have been difficult. So yes, we are definitely way more connected um, than before. But in terms of, are we really helping each other? I th- I, th- I think that's 50-50. I think there's a lot of good out there. There's a lot of good people out there. Um, but equally, there's a lot of things that are quite toxic too. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like I said before everyone's kind of out for themselves um so that can breed you know plus being on social media and the pandemic and the after aftermath and effects of that and all of that I think we're in a weird space um yeah sorry I don't think I've quite answered that <laughs> like I haven't given you a straight answer but I, I don't think it's quite straightforward I don't want straightforward so much- answers yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen, you know, the power of social media and people connecting through social media and it literally helping save people's lives. And then I've also seen on the flip side, how trolls and bullies and things can, you know, really impact people's lives as well in, in a not so positive way. So, yeah. Do you have any like values that you think of that ground you in your decisions? You're asking me a really good question. You're making me think quite deeply. It's exhausting <laughs> for a Tuesday morning. <laughs> making me think quite deeply for a Tuesday. <laughs> My values are, I, I think being a person of integrity is really important. And I think kindness is also really important as well. Kindness goes a long way, I believe. Being nice to people is really important for me. Obviously, setting the setting the boundaries and not people pleasing, but just being a nice person in general. My mum's always said this when I was growing up: you don't know who knows who. So be nice to absolutely everyone, everyone you come across, and that's always stuck with me because actually, in my professional career and running all the different. And businesses now I'm really seeing that come to life like oh my god you're, you're friends with this person oh my god so and so is your sister oh my god like 
I, I didn't even I didn't even put the two together, but I'm just like, God, thank God I wasn't a cow to that person. <laughs> um yeah that that's really important like you know having a good reputation and doing good things do you apply all that to yourself as well yeah i try inwardly to. i try to yeah i try to wherever possible i really do any other priorities you want to talk about any other priorities god um anything else that feels really important to you what do you do for fun what makes you feel good like do you yeah, I was gonna say, do you cook? Do you cook really well? Uh no. <laughs> yes, I do cook. I do cook and I do cook really well, but no, I of recent no, not even of recent. Since the pandemic, I was saying this to my friend the other day, I was like, I've literally become a delivery wife. I'm an Uber Eats wife. Um My mum is an Uber Eats wife. Yeah. Delivery mum. I'm um I'm team soft life, so um <laughs> I <laughs> Um, I value my time I value you know a lot of things and I used to love cooking don't get me wrong I'll still cook but I will see the sh- I think the shift the balance has really shifted uh, since the pandemic um, and lockdowns because I'm like do I have time can I be bothered I'd rather do spend my time doing something else I just don't want to cook and I really yeah so I love going out <laughs> to eat. <laughs> that's 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 a that's a very yeah, love doing that. Finding new places to eat, eating at my favourite places. Anything to do with food, I'm there. Um That's really smart prioritizing there though. I think yeah, a lot of people try and take on too much. Right? I it's all about no. I'm sorry. It's just all about the food. It's all about the food. That that is really it's really important to me. Um I should probably not let my mummy hear this part <laughs> about not cooking. <laughs> she's always getting at me. Whenever she comes here, she's like, it's okay, you're not going to cook for your husband. And I'm like, oh, God, he cooks for himself when he comes home. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, definitely food. That's that's one of my hobbies. But in terms of like what are my other priorities, I guess it's trying to um, trying to get the quote-unquote balance right. So obviously I quit my job last year to focus on my family and ultimately to, you know, be as present as possible for them, but also build up the businesses. But working for yourself can be really just 24-7 non-stop. So I think it's, um, uh, sorry, I'm, t- I'm TikTok obsessed. I love TikTok. But there was like a trending sound um, not too long ago where it was like, I quit my job working nine to five so I can work. 24 hours a day and I was like (laughs) yeah that sounds about right (laughs) you should have to be proactive obviously in a job you have to be proactive you have to do what you need to do whatever but you know that even if you did bare minimum you're still getting your paycheck at the end of the day (laughs) that's the security of having your own you know having a job you don't necessarily get that when you're self-employed and so what I thought would be yeah I can be flexible and and I can be um but it, uh, there'll be a cost of that somewhere else you know yeah like I, I can take the, the 20 minute nap but I'm gonna have to at some point respond to your email you know um but yeah I guess it works for me in this season right now because I'm able to be flexible for Ezekiel and you know and all the things that he needs to do and my daughter and you know my husband I'm able to be there and be present apart from October's October's really busy so 
yeah, I need a little bit of help <laughs> when it comes to October and like childcare and things like that. But outside of that, yeah, like pretty flexible. Um, and I can, you know, carve my own path as such. But it does mean I do have to get that balance right. So yeah, that's a priority for me. So I think I've become super obsessed with like productivity and like making sure I'm getting the most out of my time and my day. And, um, you know, I've got an Apple Watch, so I'm not scrolling on my phone as much. I can literally see notifications as I come in. Is this important? Do I need to action it right away? Or can I save that for later? That my, like my Apple Watch has really helped me do that. I always scream about it. Like not only is it good for like fitness and like, you know, encourages me like to stand up and go for a bloody walk because you can sit at your desk all day. It's been, it's been useful in helping me reduce like a lot of unnecessary screen time because you know sometimes you get a notification and then you hop onto another app and you you find yourself scrolling endlessly for like half an hour and I'm like oh my god I could send like 10 emails um so yeah slowly finding that balance um but just being easy on myself at the same time that's just crucial I wrote actually wrote a newsletter on this really recently all about how balance is a bit of a myth that we perpetuate because we think of this perfect ideal of what we can do with our work and our life. And that's absolute bullshit. That's really unhelpful because then we get stressed because we're always failing at it. Yeah. We're never quite there, right? Especially if you're a parent on top of that. Yeah. So as you say, seeking, you know, general bits of balance, but being really flexible about, you know, when you need to take a nap or when you need to be more productive or knowing that October is going to be a really busy month and so maybe november you can build in some structures where you have a lot less to do and a lot more time just to chill yeah take those naps yeah exactly take my 20 yeah literally took the words out take that 20 minute nap (laughs) what's um what's something that you don't prioritize what's something that you couldn't care less about um what don't i prioritize i would say i don't prioritize the weight of other people's opinions about me anymore Yes. And how did you get to that place? It's a huge weight. I can't lie. It's a huge weight. Again, being that, you know, wanting everyone to like me, wanting, you know, just to be that likable person and not wanting to upset anyone. That You know, that heavily comes from, oh, I really care about what people think. Ethan, I feel like a broken record. Ethan, honestly. Like, you're not there when I'm at my deepest darkest so you don't even deserve to be there like full stop at all whatsoever like it's just me and my thoughts in my bed (laughs) at night like why am I worried about what you're thinking somewhere over there you're probably not even thinking it but you know why why am I so bogged down about what other people think of me again still be nice still be still be you know cordial still do whatever you need to do but um yeah, I just haven't let that really affect me um, anymore. I read something recently, which was, I'm not, I'm going to watch this, obviously I'm not going to get it quite right, but something like, don't care about the people that don't really, really, really care and love about you, love you, care about you. Yeah, absolutely. Who, 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 whose opinion am I really most, like, who do I care about? Like, someone on social media who probably doesn't even follow me <laughs> compared to like my friends and my family who know me and my my core beliefs and, and who I am and have been there since the beginning and and you know are there to support me no matter what it's just a no-brainer but obviously 
when you're building a brand, when you're trying to build a business, when you you know, you do care about the, the followers and the, those those vanity kind of metrics and those other things. But ultimately, they don't they don't matter. They do, but they don't. And it's again just knowing where to draw those boundaries and knowing what's real life. You know, what is social media and what can stay on social media and what can permeate into your real life. And can take up brain space. Yeah. All right. Finally, what's an area that you would like to prioritize more? An area I'd like to prioritize more is probably more self-care. More 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 time for myself to just like do the things I love. It's obviously I have to plan a lot around that <laughs> because there's childcare and you know being a parent and running business and stuff. But like being so organized and so structured that that doesn't even matter. That that for me is, is something I really do need to prioritize because I don't feel like I do it enough. Like I, I only realized it like when I went on holiday for my um sixth year anniversary a couple of months ago that I was like, wow, I really needed this break. I really, really needed this break. And I did not realize just how much I'm in front of the screen. I'm reading, I'm researching, you know, I'm doing a million and one things all the time. And just to rest and be in a place like, you know, of just nothing on my brain was so beautiful it was lovely obviously it was nice to have my husband there as well but (laughs) just being able to spend that time with my loved ones um more so I did like that actually like I I feel like I need to definitely prioritize more more self-care more holidays um just more time for myself without you know just the weight of everything else that I'm doing how can you, what can you do today or tomorrow or this week to make that happen? What can I do today? Make more money. Send all those emails. Make money so I can actually go away. <laughs> Maybe a bit, <laughs> a bit forward Um What small thing, small habit small could you thing? build in? Just being more intentional about being present. That's important. I could definitely be a lot more present. Again, like I said, running a business, running multiple businesses, having a child with additional needs, everything, everything, it's a lot. And sometimes I think I'm present, even like not even like in terms of being on my phone and stuff like that, because I've 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 put things in place where I can like put my phone on like do not disturb from X to Y time, and it's not even about just the screen time and stuff. It's actually just letting my brain just be still and be quiet and have like nothing on my mind um, I feel like I've always got 150 tabs open in my brain and that like I'm always thinking about something or trying to action something in my brain trying to add to my virtual you know to-do list and stuff so yeah I think well I think a little slice of like being on holiday yeah taking things off my mind and being just really mindful about my mind Unsurprisingly, as a meditation teacher, I'm going to recommend that meditation <laughs> is always a good one for that. But what do you do straight after the school run? So when you get home, is there the potential that you could put the kettle on and take five minutes where you don't even necessarily meditate, but you just sit there or listen to a piece of music, just do absolutely nothing while the kettle boils? 
before you then sit down at your desk, open your emails and start go, go, go. Could that be a little habit that you could build in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's really helpful with building in habits that we have a trigger. So, you know, get home from the school run and immediately those first five minutes are sacred just for you. Yeah, I like that. Because it's just five minutes, ultimately. Just five minutes. it makes such a difference. Mm. Like, it actually really does. Again, this should probably sponsor me for this. But my Apple Watch, (laughs) I've got got little periods where it reminds me to literally just take a deep breath. And it'll, like, centre me and, like, it'll, you know, tell me to breathe in, breathe out. And I can just kind of have a moment to just, okay, right, just breathe. Literally, just breathe, Sunoke. It's it's actually okay. It's a minute, breathe. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm grateful for that. But that, that automatic thing where, you know, come in, take the five minutes, have a hot cup of tea, it's getting really cold now. So I you know, um, love that idea, actually. Um, spend time with the kids and then, yeah, chaos begins until they go to bed. <laughs> chaos is life. It is, it is. Lean into it. Life is chaos. Yeah. Sinuke, thank you so much. I loved talking to you. So obviously people can find you online and then you've got Learning with Ez, which has these incredible resources, which I've got the um, emotion flashcards from there. So if I should check out that parents or non-parents who want a good gift for a friend. Anything else I missed? No, 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 no. Um, that's all been fantastic, actually. I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. And even though it took us a while to get here, because again, the scheduling and the emails and the back and forth, but thank you for being so patient. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Take care, Tanike. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of Priorities, I'd really appreciate it if you could make it your priority today to hit subscribe and also rate and review, as this helps other people find it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.